In this episode, Ken Schumann and a group of faith walkers reflect on the topic of how can I live in the kingdom and how can I welcome the kingdom? This conversation was originally recorded in June of 2022. We want to remind you, Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. What I've been uh, what I've been working a lot on this week in a variety of settings, thinking about this week is the kingdom of God. I was in a conversation with a group of pastors earlier this week from Ontario, uh, who are who are going through faith walking and are in module six, and we were talking about the uh, the kingdom of God, and. And one of them uh, in the middle of it made this statement that really got my attention. Uh, He or she, I can't remember which, uh, said, you know, we're sitting here, we're talking about the kingdom of God, and all of us are wrestling with what it is. And it just, it just makes me realize if, if we're not even sure what the kingdom is, what do the people in, in the pews at church think uh, if, if we, the ministers, don't know? And, and so then uh, that just got me thinking about how vague Jesus was about the kingdom. Uh, I mean, it was really clear the kingdom was his mission and his message. And also that the kingdom, uh, he, he then described the kingdom in language that was parables uh, that invited exploration and uh, and all sorts of things. So uh, I, I had to put a class together this week. That's a summer class, and it's on missional. It's it's a missional theology class, and so uh, I, I was doing a lot of just gathering resources and thinking about things. And I was reminded of this resource, and this is kind of where I want to go today. Uh, in one of the one of the books that's been instrumental for me, it it talks about the kingdom in this this language. It says the kingdom of God is both a gift we receive and a realm that we inhabit. A gift we receive and a realm that we inhabit. And then, then after that, a follow-up statement is this. So then the daily life for a follower of Jesus is about how one may move more fully into the realm of God's reign So how can I more fully live in the realm of the kingdom today? And secondly, how one may welcome and receive God's kingdom into the fabric of one's life this day more than ever before. 
So how can I live into the live in the realm of the kingdom? And how can I welcome the kingdom more into my life? Similar ideas, but, but a little different language. I, I love that, that quote. I love that thought. I'm not sure I, I know completely what it means. <laughs> you know, I, I think I do. And I try to live into that portion of it that I think I, I know to live into. But it's just this, this constant idea. How may I welcome the kingdom of God? And one of the ways I like to describe the kingdom is the culture of God. How, how can I welcome the culture of God more fully in my life today? And how may I live in the realm of the culture of God all day long during my day? So how do I, how do I live with a, with a kingdom mindset and kingdom values? And again, I want to acknowledge, well, if I don't really know what it is, then how do I know how to receive it and welcome it and live into it? In spite of my fear and trepidation, uh, I, I, have, I have some ideas about what I think the kingdom is. And, and so for me, I, I want to acknowledge it's, it's, it's broader than this, but I, I think it includes these things. So when the kingdom comes, there will be enough for everybody. Live a life where I welcome justice more and more into my life. How do I live a life where I welcome wholeness, where I welcome celebration and the joy of the Holy Spirit, where I welcome joy in my life? And then how do I live in such a way that I, I live more fully into the realm of justice for everybody wholeness for everybody, and joy and celebration for and with everybody. I've got some other things. I, I, I think there's a variety of things that, that occurs, but it helps me to try to make the kingdom idea practical. And okay, what does it look like when God's kingdom comes? When I look at the life of Jesus, so so here's what I believe. The life of Jesus is what it looks like for the kingdom to come. The life of Jesus is what it looks like for someone to fully welcome the kingdom in his life and to fully live in the realm of the kingdom. And what I find when I look at the life of Jesus is that there was justice, there was wholeness, and there was joyful celebration over and over and over again. And so what, what would it look like if all the Christians we know welcomed the kingdom. I mean, I was just with a Christian who is highly fearful about all the gun issues in our country, and he's a Christian who goes to church every Sunday. What would it look like if we could live in a way that we weren't fearful all the time? Uh, to me, that's, that, that's just a really big one, but yeah, so what would it look like for Christians to live in the realm of the kingdom? It involves what I believe deeply. 
I want to come to this one idea so because it, it's been instrumental for me, and that's the model prayer. In the model prayer, Jesus reminded and, and said to the disciples, okay, you want to know how to pray. Here's how to pray. Pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. And I think the model prayer was what what these authors are writing about when they say, so therefore, as you pray that prayer, the only way you can pray that prayer with sincerity is to say, okay, Lord, how do I welcome your kingdom coming in my own life more and more and more? How do I move into the realm of that kingdom living more and more and more in my life now? And how do I, as I live my life, give people a taste of the kingdom so that they want more. And what would it look like if every Christian we know lived that way? They lived in such a way that people weren't repulsed by them. They weren't turned off by them. They weren't, they weren't uh, angry at them, but that, but that they were drawn in by the wholeness and the justice and the joy and celebration. Um, yeah, I think I've said enough. So what would you like to talk about related to that, if anything? What to stir up for you? I stirred up a lot for me, because that's exactly what I've been thinking all week. I had a lot of anxiety this week, and part of it was, you know, seeing what was happening on the news. Mm -hmm. not, not so much fear of what's going to happen to my family or my grandchildren, but I, I think it was just more sorrow than anything. I mean, I, my heart just ached for all the families. And then you turn it on the next yeah. day and another one and this morning. And, and I, but I caught, I actually started having panic attacks this week horribly. Mm. Um, I had somebody, okay. I had an ex-husband show up in my life after 36 years into their, his, his children's life. And come back. He, he's he's a, a Christian, supposedly at this point. And him and his wife said a bunch of horrible stuff about me that wasn't true. And it, it, it caused such a disruption of our relationship. And it, it caused a lot of sorrow because I haven't lied to my children. I'm, I'm probably too forthgoing in some things that I've said. But um, I was just thinking about how you know, every time I hear the word Christian, sometimes I cringe because the treatment, not just from what I experienced with this situation, mm -hmm. but what I see out there. And when I see the comments mm -hmm. on Facebook about all this political stuff, this banter going back and forth, that is so ungodly, so unloving, so mm -hmm. unwanting to bring wholeness anywhere. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, if you don't have a solution to something, then why even say anything? You know, if, if you're just going to get up and complain about it. And yeah. it stirs me up really bad. And I have to just, mm -hmm. uh, even my husband, he came home, you know, talking about this and people that he relates to without the day. And he used to be one to get really big on politics, but it, even he is sick of hearing it. Mm -hmm. You know, he, really, we both just want to love and mm -hmm. be loved well. And, and it's, it's causing a lot of bonding and with my siblings now and, and, you know, my father and, and family, but it's, out there just being out there with others that are also full of anxiety mm -hmm. it's so hard to handle right now right honestly right 
Yeah, what it stirs up for me as you're talking about that, Brenda, is how, how do I represent the kingdom in a world full of anxiety and fear when when those around me aren't representing the kingdom very well? I, it's it's countercultural. It's swimming upstream. It's being different, isn't it? That's exactly what it feels like. And, mm-hmm. and, and when I catch myself pulling into total isolation, because that's what I tend to do, mm-hmm. then I get more anxious. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to make myself purposeful, you know, of, of mm-hmm. getting together, you know, and, and getting with people that are make me uncomfortable, you know, without yeah. that um, internal vibration that goes off, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I, I want to sit without gritting my teeth, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and just accept mm-hmm. whatever they're mm-hmm. at. I don't want to yeah. make anybody be like me. I just want people to accept who I am and I can accept who they are. Mm-hmm. That's not always acceptable <laughs> in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And I, I thought, okay, then we have, we have got to be so dedicated to this, this, to hope that regardless of the pace of the kingdom coming, Mm -hmm. we are there Mm -hmm. because we hold hope. Mm -hmm. And we know, or we have an inkling of what that kingdom looks like. Mm -hmm. And so we dedicate ourselves to that knowing. Mm And although we don't have, you know, this clear picture of what the kingdom looks like, it's still being worked out. Yeah. We are dedicated to that. Mm-hmm. Jerry, I love what you said right there. I literally said that out loud this morning. You know, God, help me see what is to come and, mm-hmm. and or at least keep mm-hmm. hoping for that. I, and mm-hmm. I, I kept saying, I have to believe. I have to believe you are still a good, loving God, mm-hmm. because I questioned, you know, some things this week, it, it just really, mm-hmm. but you're right. We have to commit to mm. that. Jerry, that's such a good word. Do you have a pulpit? Do you, do you get to preach? You need one. Only to my husband. <laughs> well, he ought to be a good man by now. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm teasing, but I mean, that is a really good word. Thank you. Thank you for it. It spoke to me. Let me put it that way. One author in writing about, uh, I think it was Richard Rohr, maybe. Um, but I think somebody said before him, uh, in talking about praying that prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, says that in order to pray that sincerely, that God, I want your kingdom to come. We're also saying, and all other kingdoms that we might want to be loyal to have to go so that the kingdom, your kingdom comes. And, and I find that a lot of my anxiety and fear and getting worked up and stirred up is when I get confused about the kingdom I'm serving and that Okay, okay, uh, Lord, what, what's your kingdom? Uh, help me welcome that more in my life. Help me move into that realm more. I mean, that, that's almost like a daily mantra for me is, is, in, is asking that prayer. Okay, 
Lord, let me welcome your, your kingdom more today. Let me move into the realm of your kingdom more today, uh, which, which then is about, yeah, and it is slow coming right now. Uh, and so how will I have hope? How will I have faith all become challenges? You know, I think for 2,000 years, us Christians have never figured this out, right? We are constantly yeah. retreating or engaging with the world, with kingdoms, with, with other people. And I know that our more conservative brothers and sisters tend to retreat when that anxiety gets ramped up in order to protect the purity of the gospel and us more um, I don't know what to do, progressive or missional minded folks tend to engage with culture and systems of the world in order to bring people to the gospel. But in either case, we're constantly going back and forth, right? The monastic movement was a whole slew of people that ran out to the desert to, to commune with God and get away from the evils of the world. But I have a stick them on my desk that Michelle Newsom said about a year ago, Michelle, and it's been on my desk this whole time and it's relevant to this conversation. And you said, joy is a foundational certainty tied to hope and gratitude. It's similar to what Jerry just said, but I love the concept that joy is a foundational certainty, completely irrelevant to what is going on in the world or in politics or whatever. And you went on to elaborate a little bit more. It isn't the absence of sadness or the presence of happiness. It just is. It is its own certainty grounded in Jesus. And I love that. Whatever the kingdom of God looks like on earth, whatever the kingdom of heaven is, and none of us know, we know we have Jesus and we know we have hope and we know we have joy and that doesn't change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good word. I listen to what all of you say. Thank you. I write down notes. <laughs> I love this group. Have I said that before? Like a million times? <laughs> okay, I'm done. And when you added that other caveat, I guess, to the Lord's prayer that all other kingdoms to which we might be loyal have to go. I was thinking this morning as I was praying morning prayer today, the Episcopal Church remembers martyrs of Uganda um, who were killed in around 1877. Um, the, the previous king had converted to Christianity. He had, um, there were many, many Christians in Uganda, but his successor was not a believer and felt um, a lot of disloyalty. And so he had many um, killed because he refused to acknowledge another kingdom. And I thought, wow, there, there, there can be consequences um, when yeah. we make God's kingdom first in our lives. No doubt about it, Judith. Yeah, yeah. And, you, I mean, you're right. There are consequences. And, and look at Jesus himself. The consequences of Jesus living a kingdom life was they put him to death. Really good. And, and isn't that, there is more, and isn't that quite the, the challenge of balancing that joy with the acknowledgement that um, there can be a cost? I mean, there, 
that really yeah. is kind of where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Yeah, it is. How, how, do, how do I remain joyful in spite of the threat of a cost mm -hmm. of me living a kingdom life? And how do I remain joyful when there's so much sorrow all around me? That's evident of the, of the brokenness of the world that we live in. Yeah. You know, lately I've been thinking about the ways I'd like to escape from Hillsdale. There have been certain things that have been going on here in the town with the library and with the college that have made me very, very upset. But the other night, our diocese, the Diocese of Michigan, and the Diocese of Eastern and Western Michigan got together and had a conversation about Eucharistic living and evangelism um, and recognizing that Eucharistic living isn't just bringing the bread and wine to someone when they're sick or can't attend to church, can't attend church. It's, it's how we live, how we bring Christ in our life every day. And I'm thinking okay, as much as I want to escape um, very much, the song Rescue Me kept going through my head last week. While I'm here, I need to be able to live that kind of life mm -hmm. um, and look for the joy in the midst of the cost of being here around politics and decisions that people are making that are not good for everybody in the town and that are hurtful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And not sure exactly what I'm going to do yet about all that, but... Mm -hmm. um, but while I'm here, <laughs> I still haven't decided I'll stay, but while I'm here, I'm going to make mm -hmm. a point of mm -hmm. making this the best I can, I can, being the best I can be. Yeah. Community. Yeah. And, and Judith, I love that you're asking that question through the lens of the kingdom. You know, you're, you're not just doing it out of your fear and anxiety. Um, and that's beautiful. And that's what I think. Uh, all of these quotes are about uh, how do I welcome the kingdom life into my life more fully than I ever have before, even if it means that there's a cost that goes with that. If, if any of you get a chance to see the movie Father Stew, I would highly recommend it. It's, it's a true story, incredibly well done, and it really was moving to me. Um, and I won't, I won't tell the whole story because um, it would take too long, but there's, there's just, there's something there that this relates to. So mm -hmm. it'd be worth, worth trying to see. Awesome. Thank you, Judith. I've written that down before. I keep writing it down. I wrote it down again today. Uh, I, I promise you, I'm going to watch it eventually. Um, I need to double star it or something because I hadn't got it to it yet. What is it showing on, Judith? Well, I saw it in the, um, I saw it in the theater, um, oh. but I've seen it. I think you can get it through Amazon Prime Video. I, I don't know if this has already been said because I had to take a call from my doctor. Uh, uh, so forgive me if it has, but one of the, you know, scriptures that ministers to me about this topic is the one of uh, the kingdom of God is within you mm -hmm. in Luke, because yeah. I, it just helps me know I don't have to be anxious about finding the kingdom. Yeah. Uh, Turn my anxiety to that, uh, but you know it, it just speaks that uh, if, if the the kingdom is within us, mm -hmm. and uh, as, as believers and and uh, with Jesus abiding in us, we do have the kingdom, and so it's just a matter of as as we're all talking about living into that, growing in in our understanding of that, and moving in that direction that is already there within us mm, yeah 
that's good. So, so what that stirs for me is, and so how can I maybe listen more for the voice of the kingdom that is within me? How can I, how can I discern the voice of the kingdom that is already in me? I do believe this. So that means that, that when anxiety and fear uh, come, they get in the way of the kingdom voice within me. I think that's anti-kingdom. That's really good. Thank you. This is such a cool group. I'm glad y'all are here part of this. May I say something, Ken? Of course. Um, it, I, I think some things have been bubbling up in me is uh, kind of a scripture I've been camping on this week too is that um, now Paul wrote that he travailed until Christ was formed mm -hmm. within people. And I, I, I think if I'm probably at core honest, that's probably a thing that causes me to, to go to the place of it's mixed with joy, but there's also this longing that mm -hmm. Christ is formed, mm -hmm. especially in um, among those who are believers and kind of gravitate toward the um, hustling for worth economy, you know, they kind mm -hmm. of have a big name for themselves or right. wherever it's exciting or, you know, what they're gravitating to. And coupled with that, I was listening to an older saint yesterday who uh, it was beautiful. She was saying that the woman that discipled her when she was young required her to spend time in scriptures through the week. Mm. And slowly, this goes back to what Jerry said, the kingdom of God is a slow coming kingdom. Mm -hmm. And to not listen for the voice of God, I need it now for today, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but willing, the whole willingness to sit in the Lord's presence and let him chain together his mm -hmm. voice. Mm -hmm. But it was aligned with scripture and aligned with an experience of the Lord, mm -hmm. clearly speaking. Mm -hmm. And she, as a young woman, was uh, very willing to sit in that kind of, I guess, discipline would be the best word. Mm -hmm. It can be cheapened, I think, some today. But right. it's just, it's time. Mm -hmm. The willingness to be slow, mm. to, to let the Lord take us in his slowness. And I, I think that's part of this longing that Christ has formed within others, the, the ability to be still enough. Right. To give it time and to encourage younger people to do that. Right. And to encourage them, it won't happen fast. Right. You do yeah. want it fast, but there's no yeah. way you can live as a, as a 50 or 60 year old when you're 20. You just, you know, it's just hard. So right. I don't know. Those are just my thoughts in this basket mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. But I've been Good sitting thoughts. in a lot this week. Yeah. Good. I don't have a teaching on it, I'm sure. I don't have a teaching that will make everybody go, oh, yeah, you're right, Deb. I just have people that I'm walking with. Mm -hmm. And we just talk about these things. <laughs> mm -hmm. Good. Sean? Am I, am I coming through now? You are, sir. I, I dish my headphones were not letting me talk. I was kind of, <laughs> when Judith was talking, I think it was Judith, because uh, when you were originally talking, the, the idea of sacrifice was kind of coming up that there's a part of the kingdom that is looks very sacrificial and and, and uh you know i've been, been kind of researching what the early church did around um 
you know, caring for the poor and caring for, um, you know, just think of the, another anxious issue, you know, around like abortion and, and young children and how did the early church wrestle with this? Um, because there isn't clear scriptural guidance on a lot of these things. It's kind of like inferring and value of life and all these things, but, um, just seeing how the early church being in poverty themselves for the most part mm-hmm. would, would take children all the time that were left to die. The, the custom of that time was to, to expose, leave a child in the woods, um, kind of a thing. And, and they would just take, take children on. And, um, and then throughout the history of, of plagues, you know, we come through our little plague period, taking in the poor and the dying, and the sacrifice that that would have been, that would have been another mouth to feed in a really hard time. It would have been exposing yourself to disease and sickness. And um, I don't know, there's just a part of me that just is wondering how we've gotten so far <laughs> where the kingdom is really more about maintaining a status quo of a certain lifestyle or a certain nostalgic 1950s Christendom it has very little to do with, um, you know, a life poured out. Yeah. And uh, so just kind of, kind of musing on some of that lately. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of frustrating to watch. You, you, you can kind of, not that I have everything together at all, but you know, when Jesus is with the disciples, he's constantly like banging his head against the wall. <laughs> you know, they just, they're not getting it. They want to call fire down from heaven. They mm-hmm. want to, they want to, you know, who's going to sit at the right hand and, and um that is so us today yeah yeah no no, very few are going how can i you know i think of the moravians and their like thing of you know that the land that was slain would receive his reward right Mm. how do i join into that and just lay myself out and i think there's something about the kingdom that is just marked um with with suffering um and sacrifice um, which doesn't preach well. It's hard. To... I, I don't. I don't like hearing it when you're preaching it I know, right now. I, know, I don't. I don't either. <laughs> I hear you, bro. That's really good. All good stuff, gang. All good stuff. We're out of time. For more information about Faith Walking, visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that Faith Walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us backslash donate. Thank you for listening.